Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
לפיכך אנחנו מכריזים בזאת על הקמת מדינה יהודית בארץ ישראל היא מדינת ישראל. Words from Israel's Declaration of Independence. We are in the period of celebration between the, the real date that counts, ABER, the Jewish date, and uh, May 15th, which is the date on the secular calendar that the rest of the world uses, and which will also be the date for the uh, opening of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Welcome one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We open things up with the song entitled Megillat Ha'atzmaut, although some might argue that it's not an Israeli music song. It's the Maccabees, an American group, clearly. But um, it brings through such an important message of uh, of Israel and the flavor of Israel, so we open with that. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time, around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is now, that's when we're on. So write it down and you'll know for the future. Uh, of course, on demand, you can listen to this anytime you like, and even better, you can tell your friends, because you already know about it. But your friends who may not know about it, tell them about the show called The Israel Show. Tell them it's on the Nachum Siegel Network. Show them how they can get, a, get, get to listen to it. Take their phone, their smartphone, whether it's an Android or an Apple. Show them how to download the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is right there in the App Store or the Google Play Store, depending on your particular phone, of course. Show them how you can go to the archives on the Nachum Siegel Network, pick the show that you want to listen to, and then it's right there. All of the Nachum Siegel Network shows are right there. It is, it, 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 it is the payload. Is that what they call it? The mother load? The payload? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so you can listen to us whenever you like. That's the truth on uh, the Nachum Siegel Network app or on the website, Nachum Siegel dot com lots of lots of great programming that you surely surely don't want to miss we have uh, interesting news from Israel sad news from Israel we'll try and cover as much of it as possible we will cover as much of it as possible we'll try to cover as much as we can, as as much as we have um, last night there was a major attack by a country fill in the blank on uh, Iranian positions in Syria and if you start you know process of elimination who could it be that carried out that sophisticated attack from the air on very precise location of Iranian ammunition depots in Syria, let's see, could it be Canada? No. South Africa? No. Malaysia? No. China? Maybe, but probably not. Well, work it out yourselves. Nobody's taking credit for it, which says a lot also. And um, what's going on? What's going on is that Israel is finally um, 
it's putting its money where its mouth is. Until now, Israel kept warning, we will not allow Iran to create a de facto uh, area of control in Syria. We won't allow it. As you may remember, Iran used the vacuum created by the defeat of ISIS and also its friendship with Russia, who took control of big chunks of Syria. They took advantage of that to create a corridor from Iran all the way through to the Mediterranean, including going over part of Lebanon, which is controlled by another one of their allies, the Hezbollah. And Israel has been warning for quite a while we won't allow it. It's enough that we have Iran far away threatening Israel with nukes. We're not going to allow them to be on our border. And uh, this has been going on now for a while, if you're following in the news, bombings by Israel of Iranian positions in Syria. Now, something is in, that, that's most interesting is that Russia is supposedly on the side of Iran. Russia controls the skies, unfortunately, now in Syria, thanks to former President Obama, who allowed them in. And yet, the Russian anti-aircraft did not shoot down the Israeli planes. There has to be some level of coordination going on there. Hard to tell exactly what, but um, one can't imagine it without it. Why is Israel attacking now? Well, they've warned for a while, but also keep in mind, tomorrow is May the 1st. May the 12th, which happens to be Shabbat, is the deadline by which the President of the United States needs to decide what to do about extending the Iran, what we call the Iran Agreement. There's a mnemonic, the JPTOA something or another, I don't remember what it's called, but we all know it as the Iran Agreement. And President Trump has said over and over and over again, even the last time, I think it was six months ago when he um, extended it again, he says, this is the last time I'm extending it because this is a horrible deal and we're not going to let it stand. Thank God. Last week, two major European leaders came to the White House to try and work out a strategy by which America will not abandon the deal, but rather negotiate some changes in the deal. French President Macron and Germany's uh, Chancellor Merkel. We don't know what came out of those meetings, but clearly even the European leaders are open to the concept of changing the deal, what we would say, we'd call it enhancing the deal. And um, being that that could be a major hot-button day, May 12th, and tomorrow is May the 1st, Israel might be using the, um, this window to destroy as much of the Iranian positions in Syria as possible because we don't know what happens after that. Let's say the United States decides they're going into a negotiation now renegotiation with Iran, that's the last thing we want, because Iranians are so adept at just just stretching out, and go, they're, 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 they're not nice to say, but it's in the DNA they, nego- they, they can negotiate anybody under the table, they made fools of President Obama and 
um, Secretary of State Kerry when they uh, made that deal. So I hope it's not about that, but um, there's got to be some more sanctions put on and so forth. We'll see what happens. Either way, Israel continues its attacks on the Golan in the north and the south. Hamas continues its offensive against the fence. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, And the major story, the major, major, major story of... um, of this past week was the death of um, the death of 10 young 17, 18 year old kids who were tragically swept away literally by a flood, a flash flood in, in a, a wadi in a nachal in southern Israel. I'm assuming everybody's heard about it already. We'll try and give you some more information about it and shed some light on some of the issues uh, and some of the people. Uh, As we are live, I can tell you that it has just been announced that Prime Minister Netanyahu is planning a, um, a speech to the people of Israel in an official address to the nation with traumatic information about Iran. It just come through on the headlines. It is unusual for Prime Minister Netanyahu to do this. It's not something that he would do lightly, so um, it's going to be interesting to hear. I don't know if we find out more information during the course of the show. We'll let you know about it. If not, if you're listening later on in the week, you probably heard the news already. But you heard it here first. Brand new music from Daniel Ben Chaim. I heard this recently, just came out, and um, really loved it. It's called Birkat Hashem. The words are uh, combined uh, from our liturgy and also by Daniel Ben Chaim, composed by Eli Cohen. May you find favor in our Father in heaven. That God should put into our hearts love and joy and that his blessing should be shining from our face, should be clear, clearly reflected on our face. Should grant us children, grant them life, good life, life of peace. Um... Brand new, Daniel Ben Chaim, Berchat Hashem. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Avinu shebashamayim sheitem belibchem avatchem v'simchatchem v'shetiye birkat Hashem al panechem kol yemei yemei chayechem yehi 
Daniel Ben Chaim, brand new music, Berchat Hashem it's called. And uh, we will post a link to the YouTube video of this song and all the songs that we play. We will post that on our Facebook page uh, at some point, uh, somewhat after the show. We also post their links to other material that we speak about during the show, go over, take a look at the page, give a listen to our show, and then give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We thank you so much for that. Uh, we, we, you heard it here first. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that this is probably one of the first places that announced that Prime Minister Netanyahu will be speaking tonight. Now it's uh, all over the breaking news uh, announcements. 8 a.m. Israel time, which is a little less than four hours from now. 
And uh, the information that we have now is that he will be speaking about Iran. He will um, he will present to the nation and to the world evidence of Iran's continuing um, nuclear development and therefore also its um, violation of the uh, JCPOA, I think that's what it's called, of the Iran agreement that was signed by President, signed by President Obama. Uh, obviously, we just spoke about the May 12th deadline, which um, comes up less than two weeks from today, and how um, this all might have an effect on that as well. Uh, another piece of information that was um, been talked uh, that has been talked about over the past few days since yesterday, I should say, uh, there is chatter. There is obviously there was an, a, a leak from some official source, and based on that, the news coverage has gone on about the possibility that Jonathan Pollard will be allowed to leave the United States and go to Israel and um, live his life there as he has wanted to do for a very, very long time. Uh, What happened with Jonathan Pollard is he was given a life sentence uh, even though um, he he, um, agreed to a plea bargain in which his sentence was supposed to be uh, reduced, but um, he was double-crossed some say by Casper Weinberger, one of the more um, unclear situations in, in in recent history that we just don't have all the information that we should about this Pollard case. Um, and the judge uh, agreed to the request of the um, Department of Defense and sentenced him to life imprisonment. This is after a plea bargain agreement where he agreed to confess and that um that life sentence i don't know exactly how it works i remember we discussed it at the time when he was finally released from prison um the life sentence means i guess in this particular case at least that you sit in prison for 30 years after that after the 30 years are over you're out of prison but you still are confined and restricted in certain ways. One of them is that you can't leave the country. And so, even though Jonathan Pollard has been out of jail for a while, not a long while, but a while, he can't go to Israel. He can't He can't go to live in Israel, as he would like to do. And so the rumors have been really spreading like wildfire as of yesterday afternoon, we did post it on our Facebook page yesterday as it came out that um, President Trump will um, allow him, I guess he'll commute his sentence, not commute, he will um, give him amnesty, I guess, so that he can, the restrictions will be taken away and he'll be able to go and live in Israel with his wife as he's wanted to, and that that would be done time wise. Excuse me, time-wise, that would be done around the time that the embassy is moved to Jerusalem. Some say that this is all part of a Trump program in which he um, he is 
he's just smothering Israel in, in goodness, and then he will release his his plan, his deal, the biggest deal, the most difficult deal to make for the great deal maker, his his um the United States official position on the deal with um the Palestinian Arabs and um that will come after all these goodies that Israel's gotten. So Israel's somehow uh, trusting of him and so forth. I don't know. I don't know what the deal will be. I, I really, it's all speculation. It could be true. One thing, if Jonathan Pollard is allowed to go home, it's a beautiful thing. It's a big thing. I don't think that any any Israeli leader would make any moves that would uh, jeopardize Israel's security so that Jonathan Pollard would be able to go home. But it is a beautiful um, gesture that um, hopefully the president will grant the State of Israel. As you know, originally the State of Israel wanted to have nothing to do with it. They even denied that he was a spy. They claimed that he was a rogue agent. Eventually it came out that he was operating really under a uh, a shadow division of the Mossad. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The secret Mossad has a secret division under the Mossad. <laughs> and um, Rafi Eitan was involved. Uh, um, um, I can't remember his first name now, but he was an officer in the Air Force. His last name is Sela, Aviad Sela, I think. Um, he was uh, his handler. And uh, he he was a spy for Israel, and he he in that way obviously had to be punished by the United States. On the other hand, um, he spied for a friendly country, as we know. And from Israel's perspective, he gave them material that was just amazing, amazing, and so important for Israel's security and Israel's intelligence community. They they couldn't get enough of it. Maybe that was the problem. Um, another brand new music, debuting it here. Mati Shariki is an artist, young artist in Israel. We played his songs a while ago, and then for a while nothing was coming out. He just released a new song. It's called Ode, More. And uh, it is in memory of her of Yossi Dickstein, which, who was his Rav. He was a, a very close to him. Rav Dickstein and his family were killed in a terror attack in Israel. And um, this song is in, in memory, he is devoting, dedicating, I should say, in memory of his Rav, Rav Dickstein. Um, some of the words, Hayamim Shecholfim, as the days pass, the smile is still there, your smile, to remember and to know that you were here. Odaka, Ochniya, that's the ode meaning more. Another minute, another second, I remember with tears in my eyes, you, you hugged me like a father, and so on. And uh, I won't forget. How could I possibly be happy? I will not wipe away the tears. How will I wipe away the tears about my right hand and about Yerushalayim and, of course, about the memory of this 
very beloved Rebbe of his. Mati Shariki, brand new music, Ode. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rochazim tikva bentaim resisim shel zikhonot Odona, odjana Veod azman poea Veshuv alev mavdiach Odona, odjana Veod azman poea Veshuv alev mavdiach Eskirenu <laughs> Lo eskach
another promising young artist out of Israel, Mati Shriki. That was uh, Ode, a, memor- a, mem- a memorial to his Rebbe, who was killed in a terrorist attack. So, um, probably the biggest story in Israel last week was the death of ten young men and women. It's actually one man and nine women. 17 and 18 years old who were 12th grade students that enlisted in a pre-army michina it's called like a preparatory school I guess you would say in English I think many of our listeners are familiar with the different possibilities that uh, Israeli young men have, young men and women have, when they reach the age of 18. Most of them go into army service of three years for men, two years for women. Religious women who do not want to uh, serve for religious reasons can declare that and they can do they can go on with their lives if they want or what most do is Shewut Lumi national service they they devote either one or sometimes two years instead of the army they do some sort of public good national service it's there's an organization that puts them into different um, types of uh, places it could be in a hospital it could be in a school it could be um in a um a Olim resident. It's it's wide and varied, and um, it could be in a place like uh, Shalva, Zichrom Menachem, and so forth. Um, and the men can go to Yeshivat Hezder. Um, Haredi men in general stay in a, a full-time learning program, a Yeshiva or Kolel. And they come to the military and declare that their Torah study is their livelihood. Torah Tam Amunat Omanutam. And um, they are exempt for as long as they're studying full Torah full time. Yeshivot has there that combined the two study of Torah and serving in the army. Instead of three years, it's a five year program. There are those who have a special Hezder program like Yeshivat Merkaz Harav. In the last uh, 15, 20 years or so, there's been a new option where the young man or woman are allowed by the army to take one year off between finishing the 12th grade, finishing high school, and beginning the army, and they enroll in a recognized program, which is called a Mechinak Dam a pre-army, let's call it preparatory school. I'm thinking of Mechina like Hachana. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, and the first one, and probably one of the more famous ones, is uh, the one in Eli, called B'nai David, led by Rav Sadan. 
many, many heroes of Tzahal, both alive and those who gave their lives for Israel, graduated from Bnei David, are, were students of Bnei David, Rory Klein, Emmanuel Moreno, are two names that always come come up, but there were many more. Hadar Golden. But since then, the Mechinot have expanded, and at the beginning, most of them were religious Mechinot, where the students would study Torah, but specifically geared to motivate them to give of themselves for the land of Israel and for the Jewish nation, to to bolster their identification with Israel, with the people of Israel, with the land of Israel, the nation, to bolster their feelings of wanting to commit themselves to the army, and in fact many have gone on to be, as we've said numerous times on this show, the whole middle part, if you will, not the top, not the bottom, but the middle section of Israeli officers who are leading the army are religious young men who are products of B'nai David and others. As time went by, there were secular mechinot opened up, and some that are mixed, that uh, have both what what is called, what we would call secular and religious young men and women who spend the year together in the Mechina. Over the week when I was explaining to people about this concept, some people said, well, what, what, would, what would a secular person be taught? Like, he's not going to learn Torah. I said, of course not. But a secular person can, can be taught about the love of Israel, about his connection to the land, about his heritage, doesn't have to be religious because there are many, many, many actually actually there's a majority of um, Israelis in the army who do not consider themselves orthodox but they are very motivated by their Judaism, by their connection to the Jewish nation and the Jewish people the, as we've said also many times, the line between what we'd call orthodox and secular in Israel, I think, continues to get blurred even more. So during this year in Michina, they are not only steeled, S-T-E-E-L-E, steeled to um, emotionally and um, in their consciousness, but also physically, they are part of a program to build up their their physical strength and their ability to serve in the army in the best possible way. They run all, all the time as a group. They, they go on Tulim. They, they try to create a semi-army environment for them um, at times so that they can get stronger and be more effective in the army. Last week, the uh, Mechina, known as B'nai Tzion, it's been around since 2007, so it's 11 years old. It has a very good track record. It is a mechina that combines religious and secular young men and women. It was started and is headed by Yuval Khan, a 44-year-old 
salt of the earth person wears a kippah is the information that we see and we see it in the pictures and um, he ran this mechina the um, the twelfth graders as they're nearing the end of their twelfth twelfth grade and getting close to the start of the mechina already are doing certain things in preparation for the mechina and one of them was going on a teul last week a hike through a nachal known as a wadi which is the Arab name for it is a wadi it's a riverbed, a dry riverbed and in the Negev many people do hike through these dry riverbeds but it's also well known that in the winter time especially when there is rainy weather the riverbeds could become death traps literally and it is a natural phenomenon that is uh, there are videos of it it's it's unbelievable you could be standing in a place that is totally dry parched land and within seconds water comes rushing gushing at you with such force that it just sweeps you away. It's, uh, it really is something that if you wouldn't be aware of it, if you wouldn't be familiar with it, you'd never imagine. And by the way, it can happen when it's not even raining where you are. It could be that it was raining two miles to the north and the water started collecting. So, unfortunately, over the years we have lost people to this phenomenon where they were in the wadi and before they turned around, literally within seconds, the torrent of water was so strong that they were swept away and and they were killed. And that's what happened last week. The group was a group of 25 young men and women. I think a lot of the details are yet to come out. They're investigating. But 10 people were killed when a flash flood wiped them away. Ten beautiful, wonderful neshamot just washed away. In Israel, of course, I shouldn't say of course, but in Israel, even on the night that the bodies were being collected, because these floods are quick to come and quick to go. Within a short period of time, the, the wadis dry again. And then they went and collected the bodies. In Israel, they were already in the media talking about who's responsible and who... Uh, all the finger pointing, who should get the blame. In fact, Yuval Khan and others who headed up to Mechina were 
picked up, put in prison so that they shouldn't destroy any evidence that they might have their all their communication devices, computers, and everything were taken by the police. If anybody thinks that there's a punishment that can be visited upon this person that is greater than the punishment that he already has, and as um, people who know him have been saying, he uh, he's a precious neshama. Whatever punishment you give him, whatever cell you lock him in, if you do, it'll never be greater than the punishment that he has to live with his whole life, carrying around the feelings of guilt. But we will find out, I'm sure, what happened... It's interesting that of the 25, and it seems that it was an evenly split group, men and women, ten, uh, nine of the ten were women who were killed, and uh, the survivors were mainly men. All that will eventually, um, will eventually come out, and we'll talk about it. Um, after the song, I'll tell you the story of Tzur Alfi, the one male participant who was killed in the flash flood in the Negev. Here's Uri Davidi with Min Ikolech Mibechi. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Davidi off of the album Ruchot Tovot that was Min Ikolech so um, we were telling you about the terrible tragedy of uh, the ten young people who were killed in a freak accident a flash flood as they were in the Negev there were nine women and one man. The name of the young man, 18-year-old Tsur Alfi. I'm going to read to you the story that has um, that I, I have seen in numerous places. Um, as I said, the investigation of the entire event has not really been completed. So it's hard to say if this story is exactly accurate. But even if it's not, it does say much about this person, this young man who we lost, based on what a lot of his friends and colleagues tell us about him. For two years, Tsur Alfi prepared himself, training to be able to join one of the premier elite RDF units, it's known as Sheshesh It's the rescue and evacuation unit. It's a combat unit, a search and rescue extraction unit. They would, besides trying to rescue people who are, let's say, stuck in a, uh, ironically, a flood or in the desert or lost somewhere, they also would extract Um, soldiers and agents from enemy territory, people that are in special ops, let's say a group of soldiers uh, goes into Lebanon to carry out a special operation, they have to be extracted, or a pilot has to eject over enemy territory. So this is the very elite unit that, um, that extracts them. And this was the unit that Sur Alfi wanted to 
join, and as such, he understood during the last two years of high school that he would have to build himself up strength-wise in order to be able to to, to um, stand up to the physical rigors. Tzur decided to delay his IDF service for a year and go to study at a Michinak Dam Tzvait, in fact, as we mentioned, the one that he joined, B'nai Tzion, one that has a mix of both religious and secular from Israeli society. And as the 25 people were on this Tiyul, this Tiyul to to um, get the group to gel as as a group to create camaraderie and so forth before they're entering the Mechina. They were walking in this Nachal, in this dry riverbed, and the torrent suddenly flooded the area. Tzur clot like like everybody else tried to do, climbed up along the cliffs that create the the wadi, this riverbed, grabbing on to a boulder and holding tight while the water was rushing below him. Another irony that they don't write here is that the word Tsur, his name, means a rock. Tzur Yisrael, Tzur Mishalawachalnu, Ma'oz Tzur. And he hung, he hung on to that rock for dear life, but he also, seeing the girls that were below, he reached out to them and helped them pull free of the current and they used his body to climb to safety. One after the other, his friends climbed up him, meaning as if he was like a ladder, and he held on, and he was their rock. He was their tour. And so the young man who dreamt of saving people in Sheshesh Teja saved numerous young colleagues of his before falling to his death when his energy gave out heroes of Israel that we should not forget we'll close out with Naomi Shemer Shirat HaAsavim but first we say thank you for listening, thanks for your Facebook likes and comments, thanks to the staff of Nachum Siegel Network, my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then, stay tuned for new program, a great new program called Novak Now with Jake Novak, Novak who's a um, longtime TV news producer, editorial columnist, who will talk to you about the new stories of the day and how they relate to the Jewish world. Novak Now, which comes on right after Yoni Pollock, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And then the music mix of Monday will 
take us through the day. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamin the AM, post Lagbo Mayor, back to normal music format. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Yes, <laughs> Thank you.